Like guys have come into the office, they're like, yeah, well, you know, we're going to be a billion dollar business in two years. We all know that that's probably not true. However, (laughs) they're like, you know what? I'm going to have a billion dollar business in two years and you're either going to believe me or not. That doesn't matter because I don't care and I'm moving on. But women tend to be more, well, we think we might be able to get it to, you know, 250K of MRR and and that would be a big stretch, but maybe, and then maybe we can make it to 300K of MRR. It's like, no, no, no. What's the big picture? Where do you really want this to be? Grab hold of the ring and go for it because the confidence in doing that, the confidence in sort of stepping into that and owning it will make a difference not just to the outside, but also to the inside, like how you believe, how you feel about your belief in, in your ability to get there. This podcast is brought to you by Dentons, the world's largest law firm with a global team that builds agile, tailored solutions to meet the local, national, and global needs of private and public clients of any size in 183 locations serving 75 countries. Hi everyone, my name is Heather Barnhouse. I'm a partner and lawyer in our Edmonton office. Welcome to my podcast where I explore the topic of women in entrepreneurship and leadership and the ecosystem supporting the growth of this segment. Today I'm joined by Michelle Scarborough, Managing Partner, Strategic Investments and Women in Technology Venture Fund. I'm excited to talk to her today about how venture capital is helping women entrepreneurs. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks for having me, Heather. Can you give us a little background about yourself and about BDC Capital? So I got my career started actually in oil and gas. Um, I have a science degree and a a communications degree, so I was not heading down the venture capital road at all, Um, (laughs) (laughs) going totally in a different direction. But but my family is a family of entrepreneurs, so I always kind of had that in my blood. And so as a result of my experience in oil and gas, I, I did start a number of companies on my own. And grew uh, those companies, exited some, failed at others. And fast forward, ended up uh, working on a business in, uh, in technology uh, in the solar panel field. So I actually left energy and took on um, energy in a different form, in the renewable form, in, in the form of solar panels. And one of my investors, he was also my mentor and he really taught me a lot. And so when we exited that company, he asked me to join his family office and help him um, manage some of his accounts, manage some of his, his investments across many different sectors, technology, non-tech, real estate, and so on. And it was him that really taught me the ropes of investing, how to deploy other people's capital in a very... Um, stewardship with a very stewardship oriented approach and also how to invest my own capital. So every deal that we did, he asked me to invest alongside. And, you know, I was in my early thirties at the time and had no idea what I was doing. So I was literally (laughs) learning, learning by doing, which is really the way that venture capital works. Um, It is an apprenticeship business and a relationship business. And you do learn by spending a lot of time with entrepreneurs. Um, And my entrepreneurial background helped me really understand what you know, what it meant to make payroll, what it meant to grow a business, what it meant to try to figure out how to exit to partner and so on. So, you know, along that journey, once I left his his shop, I uh, stepped out on my own and I, I did a number of things. I set up some accelerator organizations in Eastern Canada. I launched a number of different venture funds alongside many partners and ultimately ended up taking on the role at BDC to lead 
really two initiatives. One was the strategic investments team, um, which manages the seed fund. And in addition to that, under our team, also to launch the Women in Technology Venture Fund. And that was a culmination of, you know, call it 18 years of experience or almost 20 years of experience. I'm dating myself now, but... um, But bringing all of those elements together, both fund management and prior funds, as well as my entrepreneurial background and and work as an angel investor and, and culminating that into investing in things and people that really are going to make a difference and really also spending time doing what I also really, really love and am passionate about, and that is helping more women start their own companies that are venture-backed you know, take the bold move to try to build a global business and do so with the support of of like-minded investors that can help them along the way in the same fashion that I was taught uh, when I was growing my own career. So that's kind of brought us to to BDC. BDC Capital is uh, the investment arm of BDC, which is the Business Development Bank of Canada. And Mm -hmm. under the tutelage of BDC Capital, we invest in directly into companies and into funds all along the life cycle of the of the Canadian landscape. So our fund of funds team invests in venture fund managers that are domiciled in Canada that are building funds from you know 20 million to a billion and and on and onward. And on the direct side, uh, the team there, including my team, invests along the life cycle of a company's growth with a venture profile. So think seed stage right through to growth equity and mezzanine financing. And so we play along the spectrum and we work with companies at all stages uh, with a lens of taking them and growing them in a global marketplace. Well, that's that's really interesting. I think it's really fascinating that you, you know, have those roots. And as you said, you know, you're, you came from a family of entrepreneurs. And so it's really been in your blood. And I think that's probably very helpful, a very helpful lens through which to view other up and coming companies, because you, you've really been in the trenches and you really understand the the nuances and the specific challenges that they're dealing with as they're uh, trying to grow their company. So I'm sure that that makes them happy to, uh, to to deal with somebody who at least speaks their language and understands the, you know, if not the specific challenges, at least generally what it is that they're facing. Yeah, well, and it also, it also helped them made a whole bunch of those mistakes. So you can hopefully right. guide people away from making the same mistakes that you did in building, yeah. building your career. Yeah. I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into um, some of the, to pick up on some of the things that you said, what, what led you to be drawn to working specifically with women? I noticed that you said that your mentor was male. Um, what led you to want to focus specifically on women-owned businesses? A couple things. For, and yes, I've, I've had lots of, lots of male mentors in my, in my career, but I also always worked as a mentor with women, even from a very young age. So I always kind of had a, an interest in helping others grow. I always sort of had an intrinsic thing that said, you know, this is something that you should do. And so I always tried to work with other women to help them build their companies, even, even when I was younger. And that just kind of got, I guess, a little bit more honed as I, as I took on this role. And I also, you know, as I grew my career and you kind of, you know, get the the good and the bad with it, you, you sort of see the things that you can do differently and, and some of the hurdles that you've had to jump over. And, and so for me, it was sort of like, well, you know, if I can help somebody navigate some of those waters so that they don't have to do that, 
and they can take a more efficient path. You know, isn't that better? Yeah. Yep. Then you have to make the same mistakes that I do. And that was, again, it was something that, that my mentors taught me because they had also built companies. They had also had great successes, much bigger successes than, than I've had in my career, but also, you know, much more colossal failures. <laughs> and, and so uh, <laughs> so they really knew the highs and the, the peaks and the valleys, so to speak. And, and so I think, you know, it was just always ingrained in me and always something that I just intrinsically wanted to do. When we look at the marketplace now and we see what's going on and women really are starting to take ownership of their, you know, they're starting to own their own power. They're starting to step into their own light and they're starting to really, really lead and take those bold steps. And, right. um, you know, by extension, we're seeing that as we to have other, other conversations about diversity and inclusion and so on. So, I think it's been a natural progression of steps for me and not something that I woke up one day and went, oh, my God, I think I want to do this. This is something that's been an evolution. Just evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Have you noticed um, any trends about so as you as you've had that evolution, as you you've watched that journey, are there specific things that you notice that women entrepreneurs do particularly well compared to their male counterparts? And then the, the other side of that coin, are there, are there generally um, specific weaknesses that you notice with women entrepreneurs, again, compared to their male counterparts? Yeah. So I think, you know, women are natural relationship builders and, and natural collaborators. Right. And so yeah. you see a lot more of that in companies from the top down in companies yep. that have more women in the in the C-suite. Whether they're in the CEO seat or not is not actually re- relevant to, to that sort of tone at the top. So we see a lot more of that and a lot more work around just making sure that um, people are organized properly or that rules and responsibilities are organized appropriately to support the bigger, the bigger vision of where mm-hmm. that company is going. Where they're weak is in asking for the order. You know, a lot of women will have a hesitancy to ask for what they need. They will ask for what they believe will get them sort of just to that line. One of the questions that I always ask, and it doesn't matter if it's a, I'm talking to a woman or a guy, but I always ask, you know, is that enough money? If you really want oh, to get to that end game, is that yeah. really enough money to get you there? Or do you need to chunk it? Or do you need to raise more? And if you were going to raise more, from whom would you raise that money? So that you've got the right people at the table to support you at the next leg of the journey. Because it's, this is, you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think women, women, time and again, I've seen have had a hard time asking. And, you know, because they don't see, and and I think by the extension of that, it's seeing that they can also go fast. Like guys have come into the office, they're like, yeah, well, you know, we're going to be a billion dollar business in two years. We all know that that's probably not true. However, (laughs) they're like, you know what? I'm going to have a billion dollar business in two years and you're either going to believe me or not. That doesn't matter because I don't care and I'm moving on. But women tend to be more, well, we think we might be able to get it to, you know, 250K of MRR and, and that would be a big stretch, but maybe, and then maybe we can make it to 300K. And then where I was like, no, 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 what's the big picture? Where do you really want this to be? Grab hold of the ring and go for it. Because the confidence in doing that, the confidence in sort of stepping into that and owning yep. it will make a difference, not just to the outside, 
but also to the inside, like how you believe, how you feel about your belief in, in your ability to get there. And that yeah. changes the dynamics of, the, of, you know, of everything, really. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And I'm, I'm curious to know from, you know, from an investor's perspective, so from, you know, from the bank or from even an, an angel investor, if if they position themselves, I, I guess, a, a little higher on the, on the rung in terms of where they ultimately want to go and they're thinking of accelerating the pace of their growth. So yes, they may have wanted to grow, but let's just maybe fast track that so that they're, they're growing faster sooner. Um, does that make them more invest? I mean, assuming that it's not just, just fluff, but does that make them more investable from an investor's perspective if they have that confidence and they can see that trajectory? Well, I don't think it makes them more investable necessarily. Because of course, mm-hmm. as you just described, you know, there's a whole bunch of other variables around there. But what it yeah. does, it, it, what it tells me is that you have thought big you you've thought bigger you've thought about okay so you know i'm not doing this just because i woke up one morning and decided it was a good idea i woke right i i actually believe i have conviction yeah it's like we have conviction when we make an investment in you you have conviction as as the entrepreneur that i can get and you might pivot 15 times to get there you might turn around in circles for a few minutes to figure out how to get there because the market will have adjusted and we just had a pandemic and who knew that was going to happen. And so <laughs> right. there's lots of funky things that are going to get in the way that are going to be hurdles that you're going to need to jump over. But having the confidence and the conviction that you've got something that, that you've, you've actually got something that's of value and that other yeah. people are paying for that value is as important as anything else because you're, you're going to have to believe in it enough and have passion about it enough that you're going to be able to drive the, drive it there. Yeah, and show that you're really committed to the outcome, right? Like I think if you've got that passion, then it, then it really demonstrates that level of commitment, which I think is important for an investor to know that whoever they're, you know, whatever company or entrepreneur they're investing in is in it for the long haul. And as you say, if there are 15 pivots along the path or, you know, all these unexpected things that will happen for sure, um, you want to know that you're on a team of, of individuals who are committed to the, to the final outcome. Yeah, exactly. And when we invest, we're looking at a long-term relationship. Our relationships are going to be about 10 years in length, right? Or, right, right. Or, or even more if you're a repeat entrepreneur and we decide to invest in you off of an ex-fund and so on. So, you know, these I consider these to be lifetime lifetime relationships and, I, and you know, we're here to feel, help fuel success. Michelle, I wanted to ask you about the the question where you were talking talking about the the commitment in the long term relationship and and really investing you know for the long term and for the for the the long haul with these entrepreneurs. I wondered if you could talk briefly about in addition to actually you know hooking people up with capital and making funds available. What else does BDC Capital do to support entrepreneurs and help them successfully deploy the capital? once they've obtained that? Yeah, capital is one thing, but when anyone's looking for an investor and conversely, when any investor is looking for a company, half of what we invest in are the people. And when we think about that, we're also thinking about what, in addition to our dollars, can we do to help this company be successful? 
And usually that means internally looking at what skills we have around our table, you know, what background do we have, what sector experience do we have, and so on. And then what networks do we also have that will be important for this company to grow and expand? And by those networks, we mean networks of other VC investors, networks of other potential corporate partners, potential customers, and so on, as we look to the, you know, kind of the the global marketplace for expansion opportunities. If we are ever in a situation where we're talking to a company and we don't believe that we can't provide that kind of value and support to the business, we will likely not invest because it it doesn't, our money only goes so far. What our capabilities are, are to be an active investor and to be very active with the entrepreneur, with the management team as they're building the company forward. And if we can't really do that, then it's not a good relationship fit. It's not a good fit for for everybody. So we spend a lot of time figuring that out and a lot Mm -hmm. of time looking at who the other partners are that are going to be coming around the table as a part of the transaction, as a part of the investment and to see what else they bring. So can we be complementary to what they have? Are they domain experts in their space? And so we can bring things like operational experience and marketing experience and sales experience and leverage that in a different way. So that's sort of from, that's the lens that we look, that we use to look at. And then within BDC Capital, obviously there's, you know, we have a, there's a big team of, of additional resources that, are sitting there, you know, other investors that are maybe in the industrial fund or in the ICE fund or in the IT venture fund that have different, again, different experiences that we can draw on. And then we have the other Mm -hmm. side of the bank. So uh, we will often um, and more often now look at our advisory team to see whether or not there's a resource in the advisory team that could support the company. And Mm -hmm. for our own women in tech portfolio, we actually have a plan for uh, portfolio development. So we actually will sit down with the team post-investment and look at what the needs are and then figure out whether or not one of our venture partners needs to sit with them and do some operational work or, you know, if there are other things that we can provide on an ad hoc basis through webinars and and through other things that would be useful. So we spend a lot of time um, post-investment working with the companies to kind of get them to that next inflection point and, 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 you know, sitting on their boards and so on um, as as one mechanism, but not the only mechanism by which to do that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think that's a really important point. I know certainly the entrepreneurs that I see in, in my practice, you know, might come to me and say, well, you know, we, we think we're maybe too early for investment. Therefore, there's nothing we can do. We don't need to reach out to, you know, banks. We don't need to reach out to any other advisors because we're simply not at the stage of being ready for investment. And I always encourage them to sort of take the long view and say, well, when you are ready for investment, wouldn't it be great if you, you know, had a solution to this particular problem or you had a skill set on your board or you had an advisor who knew about, you know, XYZ um, to help you really deploy that capital once once you get it. So what's what steps, even if you're not looking for money now, what steps, what supports can you get in place that will really allow you to accelerate the growth when you are ready to receive the, those funds. And sometimes people think, oh, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it that way. And then they actually are able to accelerate that part of their, their growth um, by simply being a little bit more strategic about some of the other resources that might be available to them, even if it isn't straight up you know, capital or investment at this stage, but really getting their house in order and getting investment ready so that when 
they are investment ready, uh, there's it's, it's an easier ask to be able to, um, you know, to check those boxes for investors or, or banks or whatever. So I think that's a really important point that you've uh, that you've touched on. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's one of the fundamental things. I mean, we often take a board seat or an, or at a minimum an observer seat, and so you know that gets keeps us close to the to the business, but it also keeps us yeah. in the know as to what the what the resource requirements uh, and or or gaps might be. And and you know, tell, getting in front of investors earlier, strategically, but earlier than when you need capital is all is also. Uh, important because if you are building that relationship for the long term, um, them knowing who you are well in advance of when you need money is is um, as important as walking through the door when you actually need it. Yeah, agreed. It's always better to have a warm introduction and some familiarity with a process and with the people and the resources than, you know, to be coming in at a really critical point and then trying to start building those relationships and laying that foundation. Where can our listeners find out more about the funds that are available and the assistance available generally from BDC Capital? Um, so they can go to bdc.ca and just click the link Venture Capital and it will take you right to where you need to be. And then you can look at the various different funds and the various different teams and a bunch of the companies uh, in the portfolios across all of the funds are listed there as well. So it'll give you a, a little bit of an idea of the types of companies that we invest in, uh, the stage of investment and so on. And then there's links to all the partners. Uh, right through the organizations and so you can reach out to anybody through the the website and um, come talk to us. Perfect well I appreciate you taking time to chat with us about these important initiatives that the bank is doing. No worries it's great thanks for having me and I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you for joining the podcast today if you like the podcast don't forget to subscribe or follow to get notified when we have an update. (music) 